Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. You know, there are times when all you need is a friend, a genuine friend, to be with you when you are experiencing dark times that affect your thoughts and your feelings. That was certainly the case for young teenage Peter Karen. Peter was suffering suicidal depression and he prayed for God to send him a sincere Christian friend. And God did. He sent a young Christian boy to pray with Peter. And from that time until this, that same friend and Peter have studied the Bible and shared their growing faith, encouraging and supporting one another. They have remained friends and prayer partners for over 30 years. Today on It Is Written Canada, Pastor Peter Karen and his wife Alexandra will share their story of how God actively led them through their own struggles and how now they are trained counsellors wanting to see people healed and free to serve others. Pastor Peter and Alexandra Karen, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. So Pastor Peter and Alexandra, can we begin at the beginning? Tell us about your roots. Okay. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, my uh, family roots are that uh, from my mom's and dad's background, uh, I would say they were uh, military officers and entrepreneurs. And then, um, a little bit about my growing up. I grew up in a home where my mom was an Adventist Christian and my dad was existential, existential socialist. And what about you, Alexandra? And I come also from the same country as Peter. I'm also Eastern European and um, I was born into a wonderful uh, parents. They were Seventh Adventists, and um, my mom is actually, I think, third generation of Adventists. But my my dad was actually a teenager when he accepted Christ and he joined the church. So yeah, they had um, three of us, three girls, and uh, yeah, they were very much involved in church. But then, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was one year old. So it was totally different, you know, growing up with just mom, widow mom, but she was prayer warrior. <laughs> she prayed a lot and God provided for all of our needs. And uh, yeah, uh, I had a good childhood and very much a part of the church. And that was my like refuge, I would say, like constantly involved in church. Yes. So did your mom ever get remarried? No, she never got married. I, I just think she, she had opportunities. There were some opportunities, but just she said, I love them so much and she just wanted to be with us and, and to share that love just with us. She had beautiful memories of her first husband, you know, my dad. And so she never remarried and um, she was brave. <laughs> To, to raise us, you know, and she put us through school and even high, uh, high school, Seventh Adventist high school. And so she was uh, dreaming for us to be close to Jesus and did everything what she could, yes. A very strong Christian. Very strong Christian, yes, I would say. So both of you grew up in the former Yugoslavia and your, uh, Pastor Peter, I, I find it very interesting that your mother was a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, your dad was an existential socialist. Mm -hmm. How did that affect your worldview? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe one of the formative e- events, at least in my experience, uh, going to church four times during the weekend, Friday evening, a couple of times on a Sabbath, Sunday um, evening were usually evangelistic sermons. And so we were in the church every weekend, um, a lot of God-oriented activities from mom's part during the week. Um, but then my dad's influence was important in my life because um, dad and I would go for walks. And whether those walks were during the day or sometimes in the evening or during the night, a um, number of times, because he saw my interest in astronomy, um, he would point to the stars and different planets. And he would say something that even to this moment, I do not know why he mentioned those things, but he would say, Peter, you know, as you grow up and you mature and you have family, sooner or later you will die. And when you die, you're not going to be able to live on this planet or that planet. And hundreds of years will pass, 500 and a thousand, and there is nothing. So do your best. Um, he encouraged me to be an engineer um, because his dad was an entrepreneur. He was uh, working for the government and an entrepreneur. And so there was an entrepreneurial spirit, engineering spirit. Um, I was fairly much okay with that. Um, but the struggle in my mind uh, was very strong between what I was learning in the church and, and from the Bible that what God is offering us is eternal life. And yet my dad was saying that after you die, there is basically nothing. And so that created that big crossroad in my life. And at some point after a lot of crying um, and, and struggling, that was just before school age, um, I decided to turn back to my dad's ideology that there is no life after death and just give my heart to God, whatever that meant at that, at that tender age. And um, went kind of uh, full heart into who God is, just later on to understand how beautiful this life is with God. So when you say you turn your back to it, in other words, you, you turned away from it. Correct. And you were turning towards God now and Correct. saying, yes, there is a future. There is an eternity. Yes. And when we die, that's, that's not the end. Correct. Yeah. And that time I did not really understand all of that. Later on, I understood. But at that time, I just knew that um, as I was sharing, putting all of this together, going to church and knowing that there is God, and putting what my dad was saying, I was basically uh, saying to myself, if God gave us life and all that we have is the 70, 80 or 90 years of life, he has pulled the greatest and cruelest joke on humanity that you die and there is no more of you. And so once I turned my back, I basically said, I need to explore if God has a greater answer than what my dad was offering. Pastor Peter, who encouraged you to go into the ministry? So probably there were three formative um, events that influenced me. 
uh, first one, which I wasn't even, not even aware when I was a kid, uh, my pastor, Radosh Dedic, he would come to me on the Sabbaths, and as he was greeting me, he would put his hand under my chin, and he would say, Peter, one day you're going to be a good pastor. And I did not even know what that meant. Um, those things, I think the Holy Spirit just brought to my attention as I was going through some of the hard times in ministry. Uh, second, probably, event that uh, touched me is that during the, uh, uh, my nursing schooling and, and earlier, as, uh, uh, as I was practicing marathon races, um, I was finishing one race and just going up the hill, and somebody was coming down, down the hill that was close to our school in Marushovets, Croatia. And uh, this uh, young boy was coming down, and for one reason or the other, most likely the brakes were not working on his bicycle, and he was just having just a, a tiny slippers on his soles. And as he was trying to brake at the bottom of the hill, uh, he stepped on that asphalt, and his soul started being bloodied. And so my stomach just turned, and maybe at that time I discovered that there is a certain sense of compassion towards those who need help. So that was definitely a second one. The third one, between my third and the fourth year of nursing during that summer, I have gone with a couple of my friends, Cole Porter, and going door to door. And God has resolved uh, one of the things that was kind of falling in my head, and uh, that were the lives of some of the colleagues of my dad who were in the army, uh, who were sharing how Christianity is for losers, for older people who cannot face life and, and the challenges of life. Interestingly enough, that summer, as I was going door to door, God has prearranged that I have met some wonderful young families who kept on inviting me back to come and share with them who Jesus was. And so right away during that summer, that lie of the enemy was shattered. And so definitely I have felt that God can use me to share the good news with those who needed it. And that was such a great encouragement to me. There was a time that you faced a crossroads. You were 15 years old. Let's go back to that time. Um, tell us about that. I look at Christianity from that ideal perspective. As you read the Bible, you see uh, kind of beautiful things, idealistic things, and I have that idealistic streak in me. And so when I went to our boarding school at the age of 14, I was looking for authentic Christians. And uh, being with a number of my roommates and interacting with them and seeing what they were doing, um, I was kind of disappointed that I could not meet those authentic Christians. And so from uh, the age of 15, as I came back to my second year, I was um, still looking but could not find. And I actually started planning to finish my life because in my mind, I really came to realize that Adventism does not work. Christianity does not work because what I was reading and what I have seen in practice did not really work. And so um, God has somehow orchestrated that, that attempt of suicide of me going to uh, the lake and tying the rock and uh, finishing my life did not really work. 
And so um, what was interesting that the day after that disappointment, I met um, a young man from my classroom that I teased and he did not answer as usual as what people would do when you tease them. They would usually tease you back, but he didn't. And I remember going from our school to our dorm and him and I met on the first floor of our dormitory just in a hallway. And I said to him, his name is Jovan, and I said, Jovan, there's something different with you. I tease you in front of everyone, but you do not respond like everybody else. He said to me, Peter, you know, when you tease me, it hurts me, and I pray for you. And you know, at that moment, my knees just kind of gave way, and I just knelt. And Johan said to me, Peter, do you want to give your life to Christ? And so he prayed over me. And that was my first encounter with someone who lived as an authentic Christian. From that point on, um, it was, it was fairly easy for me to get up at five o'clock, spend time with him. Um, you know, at the tender age of 12, I was baptized. Before that, I would read the Bible and not understand much. But at the age of 15, when that encounter happened, we would meet in one of the classroom, three or four of us, and we would read the writings of Ellen G. White and her presentation of who God is, who Christ is. And we just fell in love with Christ as we understood it. We learned passages, paragraphs by heart, and we shared our thoughts about it. It was just a living faith. And uh, school was important, but serving others and caring for others was just important to us much more. And so we were heavily involved in leadership at, at the school, just helping everyone that we could. And so it was, it was, it was a turnaround event. Uh, going from disappointment to a great encounter with God and then having a support in three or four friends, which stayed as my close friends uh, to this day. So, Alexandra, did you ever think that you would become a pastor's wife? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't think that I would, but um, I just like, because maybe because uh, we were a small church and I was growing up without dad, pastors were coming uh, often to our home with their families, like they were part of my life, you know, each one of them, you know, they changed. Um, and I had a very good connection with each pastor and sometimes I looked after their children and stuff. And sometimes they invited me to their home and just again, helping with children. So I just, um, saw pastor's life <laughs> and I appreciated so much what they do and uh, and when they invited us uh, let's do this let's do that I was ready to do it um, to help them you know invite people for evangelistic meetings or whenever it's need uh, to play the instrument let's do this like I was ready to do it uh, so when Peter uh, came to my life and I said hey <laughs> Pastor, pastoral ministry is, I don't know, I, I was actually excited, <laughs> not so much like uh, I was not hesitant at all. 
And yes, you're never prepared for a pastoral ministry fully, but um, because I really enjoyed uh, working for the church, helping, of course, volunteering, it was just a continuation uh, for me. And ever, even now, like uh, we just had uh, celebrated 10th, uh, 10th anniversary of Peterborough Church, and people just like said so many things. And I just said like, hey, we are here. We're gonna continue. <laughs> we love uh, working in a ministry together. So that's yeah. I, I just uh, love ministry. Some people might not realize that being in ministry is can be pretty tough. Oh yes. <laughs> and there are some times that are very challenging. So um, tell us about your hardest time, maybe the most difficult time of growth uh, for you, Peter. Yeah. Well, you know, um, maybe the hardest time started uh, with the end of our um, first semester of my master's uh, of divinity degree. We were in Florida just relaxing, recuperating. And um, uh, during one of my bike rides, um, I was kind of going a little bit faster than usual. A uh, plastic bag flew in my front uh, wheel and uh, I ended up flying in the air about nine feet and ended up um, on the asphalt with my head first with no helmet on. Uh, I ended up in a hospital having a uh, second vertebrae uh, split in a couple of places. And so that kind of set uh, at least my physical brain in a state of fogginess, so to speak. I continue finishing the degree. Alexander joined me the year after, so both of us finished uh, uh, um, our master's degree in theology, in ministry, uh, prepared for ministry. And so uh, the more we were involved in ministry, the harder it became. Just to kind of paint a picture for those who might not know, uh, when we came back into that district, um, we were renovating a century home. Uh, my mom, who was wrestling with depression, lived with us. We were homeschooling three kids. Uh, I, we were planting the third church. And um, I continued just a couple of years later after that 2005, um, I started my doctoral degree. So there were a number of things that were happening at the same time. Definitely both of us were amb ambitious and we learned that, you know, sometimes ambition might not be the best. So those were kind of the backgrounds and the tough, tough times that we have gone through. How was that dark time for you? Uh, just to add on top of that, um, I had a miscarriage with our fourth baby as well. Uh, and then I lost my sister, like sudden death. I mean, she was cancer, she was diagnosed with cancer, but from diagnosis to her death was just eight months. So it was like rapid. She was from Serbia. And so it was just um, too much. And especially watching uh, husband, you know, and father of our children being depressed and struggling like that, uh, it was not easy. But um, I just always prayed. And, you know, like growing up, as you know now, I grew up with mother who was prayer warriors. I just like remember, hey, we can go through this with God, you know. So we were always together, um, wherever, whatever we were doing. And, and um, so lots of prayer walks. We would go for a walk and pray. We still do that. <laughs> so I think that helped us and helped him 
to know that he, he has support. So um, it was not easy for me, but um, I kind of started looking what's what's there, what is good, what is positive, and and like I, I don't know is it in every marriage like that, but uh, we when one is down, the other one <laughs> needs to be stronger, so we help each other. So. So, Pastor Peter and Alexandra, what kind of strategies did you use to personally help you heal? You know, just to mention um, my gratitude, you know, to Ontario Conference. Uh, I think that personally for us, uh, they have set about seven days of counseling and pampering with uh, focus on the family back in Alberta. Mm -hmm. So we, we really had uh, some time to just reflect and be refreshed and to be heard and to be helped. That was really wonderful. Uh, at that same year, I think it was around 2010, we were uh, personally needing help from Caring from the Heart, a ministry that is led by John Regeer and that has helped us definitely. He spent time listening to our stories, definitely understanding our pains, and then just basically confronting us and saying, gently confronting us and saying, what do you want to do now with this? You know, uh, you have a junk in a trunk, what do you want to do with it? And so we said, you know, we want to resolve it. And so um, there was a lot of crying and weeping and giving that junk to God and then allowing God through the promises of the Bible to replace that with what He has for us. And so that was definitely a, a turning point in our emotional uh, um, deep stuff that we have carried with us and finding freedom in Christ sometimes maybe even two times a year go on a mini vacation to Berrien Springs to visit that friend that Peter encountered uh, in his high school so he's married he has family there and um, that was like uh, it's such a healing mm -hmm. almost like a therapy like that trip with our children and their children to get together and talking and just like being there understood and, and heard so I think that helped us yeah. to come back yeah. to the ministry, like into the district yeah. with a full yeah. Yeah. And another, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and another strategy, you know, that we have learned from uh, from Tucker's uh, when we were struggling, you know, I think the first year of full-time ministry is that he has asked us to take weekly dates just for two of us yeah. um, to resolve some issues that yeah. could be there or just to celebrate, you know, yeah. whatever whatever has happened. So number number of things that have been helping us, yeah. So Peter and Alexandra, when this is final question, when you look forward and look back, what do you see? Some of the toughest times that we go through, at least what I have seen, Mike and Renee, is that um, in the biggest time, you need the bigger God. And so we have learned that the bigger the trouble, the bigger the God will come to intervene and help us. And also, like with that uh, Caring for the Heart ministry, uh, we received counseling, so we actually went and got training not long after our counseling. So we helped uh, others, and I feel like that's our future. We're gonna use in ministry that uh, skill to counsel people and in youth, like uh, Peter is doing more 
Uh, but I'm usually when there is a youth in, in, in struggle or something, I'm there. Like I can help them. Because you so, have your master's degree. Yes, in yeah, and youth so I counseling. Can, I understand them. Yes, and and I do care for youth. We have three uh, children that are now uh, young adults, and I hear from them what other young people are struggling with. So I love to be there. Like they are my number one prayer, like youth of the Ontario and whole world, so. So Pastor Peter, you help. started off talking about your father mm -hmm. and how he was an existential, uh, secular existentialist. What happened to him? Well, you know, interestingly enough, about 34 years later, I was still in Canada. I was in Canada at that time. My mom called and she said, you know, I know how I knew how to deal with your dad when he was wrestling with worldly values and, and that lifestyle. But this morning he got up and he says, enough of drinking and smoking and the worldly lifestyle. I want to become a Christian. And so was he was baptized as an Adventist and he became a Christian. And that was a great joy. God can change everybody's heart. Yes, we need a lot of patience, we need a lot of prayer and trust in God, uh, but uh, great things happen and you know, I, I will rejoice one day seeing my dad in heaven. Pastor Peter and Alexandra, unfortunately we have come to the end of our time together. But before we let you go, Pastor Peter, I wonder if I could ask you to please pray for our viewers. There may be some that are struggling with depression, who are struggling with believing in God. And so I wonder if you could please lift them up in prayer for us. Sure. Let us pray. Lord our God, um, we praise you for inviting us to follow you. In John 10, verse 10, part B, you're inviting us to a journey of abundant life. And we can have it as each morning we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Uh, and no matter where we are, that Holy Spirit is willing to bring healing, to bring freedom from wherever we are struggling. And Lord, we just pray that you would bless, it is written, Canada and the staff, Mike and Renee and all the staff working behind the scene to share Christ and the hope we have in Jesus Christ, in our friendship with Him. We can have that relationship daily as we invite the Holy Spirit daily to dwell in the room of our hearts and inspire our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, our emotions, so that we can give what we have and you're willing to use us for the betterment of your kingdom qualitatively and quantitatively bless us as we accept your call to follow you for we pray in the name of christ jesus our lord amen amen as he did for pastor peter and alexander karen god is actively working to rescue you to encourage you no matter what you are facing so we would like to send you a collection of true inspirational stories entitled The Invitation. The Invitation is a very powerful book containing true encouraging stories of people who were destroyed by circumstances and rebuilt by God's love. 
Before you go, we would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs. You too can experience the fullness of life found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. <laughs>